I'm just gonna let this play all the way through, brother. That's right, Amazon, as every week, is brought to you by Amazon, you fuckers. Go to my link, www.myworstholiday.com, and buy your shit through there. It's that easy. And you know what? Fuck the rest of the things. Uh, today we have a very... From a room next to my bathroom in my basement. <laughs> this is My Worst Holiday, a podcast about your worst wedding, worst funeral, bachelor party, bachelorette party, or whether it's funny after the fact. We want to hear it, and for the second time, we have Jesse Blaze Snyder. Jesse, say hello. How's it going, everybody? Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for playing uh, Knockout. It's Knockout. So cool oh, to... Great tune, man. Great, great tune. Uh, Jesse Thank just has a new you, album out. Uh, we're going to promote that. We're going to talk to him a little bit about this album. It's going to be a little bit My Worst Holiday, a little different. Um, we're going to just actually kind of do an interview and uh, see if there's any funny shit that happened during the making of the album. Maybe. <laughs> Possibly. There's always shit. There's always <laughs> shit. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, Jesse, say hello. Tell everybody about yourself. Uh, uh, you got the floor for a little bit. I know you're a voiceover guy. You're, uh, you're, you've been with the Muppets. You're, you're a comic book guy. You're, you're everything. Just 
God, you, guys, you do everything. And gets a mean-ass back rub from his wife when I'm talking to him on fucking FaceTime. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I mean, it's still, you know, to this day, you know, so many people ask me, like, they go, what was it like growing up with D. Snyder as your father? And um, I didn't used to have a great answer for that. Um, because, like, for me, it was like, you know, to me, it's no different. It's my dad. Well, he told me to make my bed, brush my teeth, you know, shit like that. I, um, my dad is party's more than your dad. <laughs> as I move forward, I did recognize a very fundamental thing that was different. And it was, you know, when the teacher says, when you grow up, you can be anything you want to be. Most of the kids in my class looked around their immediate family and the people they knew and they didn't see people living their dreams and having fantastic jobs. You know, my mother graduated from her choice school as a fashion designer at 16. She's a, like a virtuoso fine artist. My father's a rock star. They both had things they wanted to do, believed they could, went out and did them. So when they told me that I could do anything, I believed them. I believed that I could do anything. And it. I never stopped myself from pursuing anything so when i was like okay i want to be a writer it wasn't like oh well should i take that risk it was like of course i should what do i like to write i like to write com i like to read comic books so let me go write some comic books and uh you know i've just put myself out there in every way that i could whenever i was interested in doing it and um and i guess i could just say that i've been very fortunate that uh Without exception, I've been able to work professionally uh, in every field that I've tried to work in, from hosting and voiceover, writing. You know, I'm about to start this uh, little podcast called Freelances and Free, which is just going to be me breaking down, working through the world of corporate media, of being a freelance writer, writing for, um, you know, uh, licensed content for Disney and Pixar and the Muppets, writing for a company like Marvel or DC. And, um, you know, once you see how uh, the stake is made, um, you really, you really lose your appetite. A little louder appetite. if you could, Jess. Uh, say again? A little bit louder if you can. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I said once you see how the, snake is ma uh, the stake is made, you really lose your appetite for eating it. And, um, you know, for me, I started out as just an artist who loved things and wanted to make fun things that I liked. And then I got really fed up as I worked with every single company. And I just saw essentially all the same fundamental problems everywhere I went, everywhere in Hollywood, everywhere in music, everywhere in comics. It's all the exact same um, production problems yeah. um, from non-creative people making creative decisions that they don't understand the full scope See, of that's, what they're See, that's doing. what always got me like back in the 80s, like, because uh, I'm old as fuck. Um, I'm old <laughs> enough to like, be your dad um so anyway uh like like they put on comedy shows you know like like all these sitcoms you know different strokes family ties uh family matters all this stuff and 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 i'm like where's the fucking comedians where's the people that know funny you know and it wasn't until like drew care you know because they used to do it back in the 50s like with andy griffith and andy griffith was fucking funny it was great you know 
And uh, it used to, like, as far as production goes, like you're talking about, like, you're not taking the right people and put them in the right thing. Like like a suit going in and running a a, a, um, a radio station. David. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, you know, like, I, the, there was a good, there's a good example. I mean, I've spoken about this a little bit recently, but, I mean, it's just such a good example. Um, you know, they just made three new Star Wars movies. Right. Okay? And these these movies had three jobs. Okay? They only acknowledged one of their three jobs. Their one job was to make a satisfying standalone film. Right. Their second job was to make a satisfying trilogy of films. Right. And the third job, which they really boned, was to satisfactorily conclude a nine-part series. Right. Now, they were so focused on doing what they know how to do, and this is really, I think, comes down to Kathleen Kennedy, who's a more traditional film producer. She knows how to look at a film and try to make sure that the film she's producing is as good as it can be. But she doesn't know how to make a trilogy and see that there's a larger picture and that the ending is the third movie, not this first one. Right, yeah. And we need to set up things here that are going to go into the second and then conclude in the third, right? And more than that, we also need this to honor the past. Now, when the people who were the original fans of Star Wars began to complain, and boy did they begin to complain a lot when they saw the second movie, right. and anybody who had mind for writing, they saw the writing on the wall. The first movie of the trilogy sets up the ideas. The second movie of the trilogy begins to explore them. And then the third movie of the trilogy brings them to their logical conclusion. Well, that's not what Rian Johnson did. And this is because of terrible leadership at the top. They allowed Rian Johnson to come in. And in part two of their trilogy, he flipped everything that was established in the first movie back over. He essentially started over again. With a new one, you can't do that right. when you're building a three-part story right. that's supposed to build to something larger. Just, just like the original, the original trilogy, like they really built, they, they they layered. Well, it was Lucas. It was all Lucas, you know. I mean, he knew, he knew where he was going. He knew how it ended. Right. You know, when they produced Lost, they did not know how that. Oh, damn fucking show was Lost! I, I you know what? I stopped watching sucked. Lost after the second season. I'm like, they don't know where they're going. They don't they're know where it's going to end up. They were fucking yeah, they're in the jungle and the shit. What the hell? Where they, were, where they were leaving the island and coming back simultaneously. Right. And I'm like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> right. you know, I, I didn't even get that far. Like, I had to figure it out. Just like the Matrix. I had the Matrix figured out, like, way before. I'm like, no, I'm not going to go. Uh, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. I know they don't know, and they don't know, you know? Yes, and if you're like me, and you've been burnt as many times as I've been burnt, yeah. once I hear, oh yeah, the ending of that show is not satisfying. At whatever point I start to feel like it's not satisfying, I'm done. I'm gone. I'm <laughs> Click. Exactly. I, I wish I finished Game of Thrones a season early. Oh, yeah. God damn it. Fucking Game of Thrones. It's just insane. It's insane that they don't recognize that when you seed, when you, you know, like the storytelling is seed planting. And if you plant a bunch of seeds in the ground, your audience who's paying attention right. expects to grow. To grow, exactly. Hey, everybody out there uh, that's just joined in, we have the incomparable Jesse Blaze Snyder back on again. He's got a great album out. Um, we're going to be playing a, a, little, a few more tunes off of that. 
Uh, right now, we're uh, bashing the shit out of Star Wars, Lost, and uh, The Matrix. And so we're going off with that. Uh, let's see. Let's see, he said, fuck that cat. Oh, yeah. That's a <laughs> private joke. Yeah. So anyway, uh, let's. Uh, uh, what, what, what's the next one you want me to play, Jesse? Um, you know, it's really cool. It looks like there's a good chance that this might get um, uh, used uh, coming very soon for uh, diabetes awareness. I've, I've been working with a, a charity organization raising awareness for diabetes. There's a lot of people I, 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 I don't see uh, Shoot Me Up. No, it's called Carry Me Home. Oh, carry, <laughs> ca oh, carry me home. I was way off. I was like, <laughs> Insulin Please. I was looking for that one. I didn't see Insulin Please. All right, so everybody, this, this is, is a this is, this is my song. song. Yeah, I'm a type two. <laughs> represent. All right, so we're here's uh here's the second song uh, that we're playing for Jesse today, and. Ah, damn it! Oh no! Yeah, no, it's my fucking nuts. No. See, it keeps Shit. hitting. <laughs> motherfucker! <laughs> Cannot find motherfucker. Oh, just do that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, come God damn it! <laughs> All right, this is a this is a professional. <laughs> Mark, are you fucking kidding? We're not gonna take this. No. <laughs> I we can take not. it. Hold
Jess, you got a very powerful voice, man. My very, gosh, very that's so fucking cool. It's it's weird when you you're playing a song for someone that you wrote and, and sang the song. You could you like Jesse just sitting there like he's just like thinking about it. Like like it's, it's cool. Like there's tell us about the song. There's there's, uh, there's got to be some deep meanings behind that song. Well, uh, it's it's crazy. I mean that that is probably the most single most meaningful song um, that I've ever uh, written. Um, I um, at at thirty years old, I woke up one day and I was in excruciating pain, and it never went away. And uh, I started having chronic pain every day, like sciatic nerve pain. If you've ever experienced, oh, like, dude, going back. dude, I get um, I, I I have sciatica so bad. It's it's it, it's brutal. It's no fun, man. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I've watched my ex Yeah, he just he just missed work. Long. He just missed work the other day because of uh, the sciatic Couldn't problem. Couldn't get any sleep on Sunday night. Right. It just started to feel better today, stretching out stuff like that. You know, uh, it's the worst, man. And you know, when I hear that people are dealing with that, I, I I feel for you. I feel for you both. I mean, it's it's no fun. And um, I, I didn't know. I didn't know what had happened. I didn't know what was going on. I was 30 and I was, I couldn't play with my kids anymore. And I loved to play. I mean, like my days were spent working and playing with my kids. That was all I did. And then when I woke up like this, I stopped, I stopped wanting to play. And I started kind of snapping at my kids because I wanted to play with them, but I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Like I, I, I wasn't comfortable and feeling guilty that I couldn't play with them would make me mad at myself and I'd be like I started getting really nasty to like yeah. my kids because I was just uncomfortable and upset and it, it was it was driving me mental and I I started trying to figure out what was wrong with me and I, I went to go work with this massage therapist who ended up becoming my best friend my friend Stephen Gregory and I think it was like the fourth time that I got on his table um he says to me he's like I want to work on your chest and that was weird to me because in my life I've had plenty of injuries, but I'd never hurt my chest. So I was just kind of like, my chest, whatever, okay. And this guy starts working on my chest and he's moving mountains. And I'm realizing as he's working on me that he's right. I've got all sorts of trouble in my chest. I've got like, like tight muscles and cramps. And like, I'm starting to realize this is why my chest tattoo hurt so much i'm like oh my god i mean, like like my whole chest is just like a hurt muscle and now i'm processing i'm like when did i hurt my chest i haven't hurt my chest how did i do this how have i done this to myself and then i start figuring out oh wait a second this is like the the one thing on top of all the other things i've hurt myself so badly over time that i've turned myself into like a knot yeah of Ramps of cramping muscles, and this is like, this is something I've done. I've accumulated injuries, and I haven't gotten rid of them. And it it hit me like a ton of bricks on this table. I mean, I, I was like crying because it was it was important for me to recognize what I had done to myself. Um, very important for me to recognize, but I could not figure out like you know what it was exactly or how I had done that for a while. Um, and but coming off of the table. I had this crazy experience and it was one of the, I mean, now it happens all the time, but at the time it was one of the first times it ever happened. And three songs came out of me back to back, you know, and, and the, the first one wasn't carry me home. The, the first one went something like, 
Well, I've been making up a thousand excuses for the pain I know that I've always felt. I tried to tell you in so many ways. I'm suffering, darling. Please blow me away. I wrote that for my wife. She I never like got it. the message. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know what's you amazing? Know? Like, like you hear knockout. I need a knockout. I need a knockout. You know, and then all of a sudden you hear this this beautiful uh, uh, like countryish. You know, yeah. Like, no, I was gonna say that it does, very yeah, countryish. It's like rock and roll country. Your I like diversity, it. your diversity is really what blows me away because you're just not saddled. You're not satisfied on like just one level of of music. I mean, well, Kid Rock like, wasn't either. Well, you know, Kid Rock with me, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, I mean, like your dad, I mean, obviously, like, just a, just a metal guy, you know, like listening to him, you know, listening to him on the, on his radio show, uh, what, what the fuck is the name of it? It's, uh... Uh, the, the, um, the, uh, the House of Hair. House of Hair, that's right. I keep saying he metal something, but I know that's right. House of Hair, and I love listening to Dee Snyder. And, uh... He used to have a show called The Metal Nation, and the tagline was, if it ain't metal... It's crap. It's crap. That's right. <laughs> metal Nation. That's that's right. If it ain't metal, it's crap. Yeah, I remember him saying that. Oh God. Yeah, I just, you know, I, I love you. I, you know, and the first time you were on, I, I absolutely refused to say anything about D. Snyder. You know, I'm like, no, this is your show and everything. Because you brought your dad up, I'll, I'll say, you know, like like uh, I remember him on uh, uh, talking about uh, Crocus and them hitting on your mom. And how he fucking, he just fucking hated Crocus because everybody in Crocus hit on your mom. No, you're, 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 you're crossing stories. I believe you're talking about Motley Crue, who used to hit on my mom all the time. Oh, really? Crocus, <laughs> Crocus threatened my mother. Oh, threatened your mother? My mother was hired to design costumes for them. Yeah? She was given, she was not given the money for like the, the supplies or whatever. She was supposed to be given a big chunk of money. They made her come to the airport to deliver the, the costumes. She wasn't able to bring them all. And when she gave them the costumes, they gave her half of her money, told her she wasn't going to get any more. And if she complained about it, said anything, or didn't send the outfits, they would have a hit put on her and she would Fuck. be killed. Holy shit. That is what Crocus is not that powerful. My mother, my five foot three mother was threatened with death by the management and Crocus themselves. And that is how effed up the stupid Crocus story is. I, I think, I think, I think your dad watered it down. I think your dad watered it down for radio. Yeah. Oh, no, I think I think you've just heard multiple stories. Because, you know, my father... No, I was listening... Like, like, actually, I was honest. listening to it on the... Like, during a House of Hair. Like, uh, like on House of Hair, I think he said this. Because... Uh, well, I think you might have crossed a little bit because there's plenty of people who hit on my mom. Crocus, I've never heard that they hit on her. They tried to put a hit on her. Oh, my gosh. Which is probably what and you like, heard him like say. Like, literally, like right now, like literally, like now. I, I, I've just used the word crocus. And we're the only two fucking people in the room that even know that fucking name. I don't even know. Yeah, everybody I knows. Have no idea. Everybody knows D. Snyder, but they don't know who the fuck Crocus is. Uh -huh. Nah. Those guys really screwed themselves in so many ways because my dad has been getting them kicked off of of um, of bills over the years. Like he literally will go to go to Europe if he sees that they're on the bill. He goes, "I'm not playing if they're playing." <laughs> <laughs> and who wins? Who wins that battle? Twisted Sister or Crocus? <laughs> it's it's a pretty it's a pretty terrible power to have. 
but boy, do they deserve it. So I really can't <laughs> Fuck those guys. Yeah. Fuck those guys. No, I, I just, getting back to you, I just absolutely love the diversity that you put in, into everything that you do. Like, uh, you know, we was talking the other, the other night and how much, uh, you got two songs on there uh, that, that absolutely are Faith No More kind of uh, derivative, just, just influenced. And then you got this great country, that, like this ballad that you just did was fan-fucking-tastic. I liked it a lot. And I just, I, it, just amazing, amazing. So what's what's the what's the next song that we uh, that we want to do? You know what? Well, well, here I think maybe we should really go the full country. We'll go full Monty. Go for bartender. Let's see what we think of this one. Oh, give me just a second. I wrote this in a, with a mind to give it to a country artist, but I just love the song, so I decided to record it. All right. So Rock God Jesse Blaze Snyder is about to introduce another country song to us. Is there a tractor in it? Uh, I don't know, but if you listen, you might hear. And are are you shaking it for the birds and the crickets and the things? I, I don't know. Anyway. Uh, you know, I went, I went to Nashville, and I I was writing with a few different people who were out there. I really like Nashville. Um, but just while I was in there and, um, you know, absorbing the scene, uh, one of my friends, he, like, we were, like, in between sessions, and he's like, hey, I just want to go stop at this bar. And I was like, all right. So, like, we go into this bar that's, like, on the strip, and he runs up to the bar, and he starts, like, chatting up this bartender. And I'm, like, looking around, and I'm recognizing that she's, like, the bartender, like, the one at the place that everybody Were you at is chatting up. Yeah, like, and, no, was I don't remember. It, what was, was it Tootsies? Like, she's the one. And it was, it I was, him. it was probably Kylie what? Myers. It might have been. It, it was one of the main. I bet it was. One of the main bars. Yeah, I bet it was. Like, she is the it girl. And, uh, and he's like hitting on her and talking to her. Obviously, they know each other, but he's literally stopped in here just so he can go chat her up. And I'm watching every member of the bar essentially watch him chat her up because <laughs> they all want to go home with that girl. And then meanwhile, I start chatting up this other bartender who I think is actually cuter. She's more my type. I like curvy girls. So, like, I'm just chatting with this, like, cuter, little, like, voluptuous, curvy bartender. And I'm just kind of sitting there recognizing that this other girl's getting all the attention. So this girl's really happy that I'm giving her some attention. Yeah. <laughs> some attention. Smart and then move. There's yeah, that, 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 that's a smart move, Jess. <laughs> yeah. And there's this incredible dynamic going on in the room where essentially everybody's cock is aimed at this one person. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just like, I'm like, only one person can win here, you know? <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm like, not everybody can go home with the same woman, you know? And this song just came out of me while I was sitting there. And at the time, I didn't have the hots for a bartender. But it was funny because years later, I manifested the same situation for myself. And I ended up having this bartender who I had the hots for big time. Um, and, um, and I eventually ended up dating her when I, when I, after I broke up with my wife. <laughs> All right. If, so, and real quick, so, if we're talking about the same, if we're talking about the same bartender that everybody was on, I saw a guy give her a two thousand dollar tip, and his hotel number, and she looks at it, takes the tip, puts it in the jar, takes the number, throws it away. She goes, "I'm a bartender, not a hooker." <laughs> <laughs> hey, Tech, we're talking to Jesse Bruce Snyder, son of Peace Snyder, and we're playing his new album. Tech from the very Brady podcast is ready. So, what's the name of it? What? Which one is it? Called Bartender. Bartender. There it is. 
All right, everybody enjoy. I'll be right back.
hit. That's a fucking country hit, dude. Absolute that is hit. an absolute fucking country hit. Thank that, you, that's, thank you. That, that's fantastic. You know, like like when it first started out, like the crunch on it was so heavy. I'm like, I'm not hearing the country. You know, like it had such a heavy crunch. You know, I don't, I don't think your guitars can help it. You know, like uh, oh yeah. Well, you know, that's like the one thing with like the the record, and you know, my if you listen to Blacklight District, which is more uh, electronica, and it's there's a lot of dynamic you know i mean like you know there's there's a song on 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 the blacklight district thing that's like a country song but it fits within the context of what we're doing because they're all you know skewed in a similar vibe so you know this record it's one record and you know sonically it feels similar but it really does bring you on a ride uh you know you're not going to just be Toiling in the same range, you so, know. So far, so everything that, uh, everything that you've done, Jesse, and uh, you know, since I since I met you through uh, uh, Stacy Toy, God bless her. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Stacy! Happy birthday, yeah. chick! Did you see? She was like partying with like Kid and Play, DJ Cool, and MC Hammer. I'm like motherfucker! Like I commented on there. I'm like DJ. I go DJ Cool. Let me clear my throat. Pretty much changed my life. Like that was my song. Like. My that chick, no, 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 that no, no, no. chick is fucking <laughs> yeah. amazing. But anyway, but yeah, uh, uh, but the diversity that you've had through all your albums is always just uh, really, uh, you know, uh, since I got to know you, I started listening to, to you quite a bit. Uh, is just the diversity is mind blowing. Like you're you're not set in a certain set. Like if I can't have a hit here, I'll have a hit here, and I'll try to have a hit on every genre that you can get. Rap, and and, and you can hear theater actual theater in your in your music which uh, also blows my mind well thank you i mean that's really a big influence of uh of my father you know because the the only other influence really for d besides heavy metal is broadway uh he loves the over-the-top storytelling uh aspects to how these things are which is why he did that yeah. oh, I, do too. Broadway. I do too you know like yeah. like i'm a metal guy you know like that uh, i well as a Younger guys, just nothing but metal, nothing but metal. But I also listened to classical, and then I started getting into theater as well. You know, like going to see Cats and shit like that. I got like my long ass mullet. You know, like I, you know, like and I'm and I'm going to see Cats. You know. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a great theatricality. You know that comes. It, you know what? It, it it really comes down to the way the songs are arranged. Yeah. And um, it's it's uh, more theatrical arrangements. And that's actually the you, you can see that find that in Twisted Sisters music that their arrangements are uh, above and beyond what most of the more pedestrian you know metal glam bands of the day were. Uh, they you know they they were well, good. When about, I was listening to uh, I, I was listening to Les Mis and then I listened to Mr. Bone and I thought these are very close. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. Yeah. Not wrong. Um, well, you know, not, not many people can see the correlation like I can. You know, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you know, I mean, and there's a lot too. I think to '50s doo-wop. Uh, yeah. Like that oh, absolutely. Yeah, leader of the pack. Your old man doing leader of the pack. Are you kidding me? So I mean, that was a lot of the beginning as well. I, not beginning, but I mean, I think some of the roots. Of a little bit of that more storytelling, you know, my father definitely got me into that '60s. You know, Little Rich. As far as I'm concerned, you know, music began with Little Richard and you know Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, you know, like, 
Every, everything before that, I, I don't really care to. And, um, and Dewey Cox. Dewey Cox, yeah. Hey, Dewey Cox, man. Pour, pour some out for Dewey. Get out of here, Dewey. <laughs> Get out of here, Dewey. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, yes. yeah. So, I mean, for me, it, it really is about taking you on a journey and using, like, like I mean, you know, this is really what I wanted to say. Recognizing uh, something about heavy metal and rock and roll when I was growing up was that there was something inherent in the genre that allowed you to connect people to emotions that they couldn't really get to in other musical genres. Right. And uh, there's been studies done now that shows that heavy people who listen to heavy metal they're actually have a better disposition they've been able to blow off right it, it, it lets you release it lets you release a certain amount of angst or 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 anything that's that's in you it, it's so powerful even the ballads the ballads are so powerful uh la guns you know what happened to jane oh, you know like i love nobody's fool by cinderella cinderella nobody's no, fool Nobody's full. Fantastic. I was just gonna ask you. Do you know? Do you know Jeff Labar at all? The guitarist from Cinderella. I don't know if I know him. Okay. I I had one epic night with with Jeff Labar. I got the he graced me with his presence. Uh, he's friends with my cousin, but uh, he's actually down in Nashville, and his job is to make country musicians sound more more rock and roll, more metal. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He, he's still he, well, yeah. He's a, he's a, an, an amateur chef now. He calls himself Chef Labar. It's pretty fantastic, but yeah, he's got a. Well, you can hear like like even what he did, what he did there. Like I said, there was such a crunch to it. Yeah. You know, such a heavy crunch to it, but uh, it was still a country song. You know, I mean, absolutely a country song. Oh yeah, absolutely. He's got a crossing son of crossing bridges, man. Is 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 one of the hardest things that you can do in the industry. Uh, is getting over that that bridge from one from one genre to another, like uh, you know, like Taylor Swift or uh, uh, the what, what's her name, Hannah Montana, Miley Cyrus, Miley Cyrus. Oh, Miley Cyrus. Yeah, yeah. The um, you know, every every bit of the genre, uh, every diff, every different type of musical genre uh, contains within it um, some tools, some energetic tools for the release and um, communing of energy, okay? Um, but heavy metal is kind of the only one that takes you to this place of aggression, of being able right. to let tension. Release. Um, you so know, I, I would almost, you know, I, I almost uh, disagree with you there because I think classical music does the same thing. Classical music is heavy metal. I know that. That's my. That's exactly. This is exactly what I've always said. Is it is like it, there's so much instrumentation see, to it. See how bad those dudes are sweating when they're like. Oh my like, gosh! Are you I kidding mean, me? They're going and to how many people? Like you got you got fifty really people playing out. their instruments at the most extreme point that they can possibly play their instruments. How is that fucking not metal? It is as close to metal as you come. The other things that we have done that started music again for us are much much more pedestrian compared to metal and orchestration. Right. If November Rain isn't quite one of the best ever fucking pieces of music ever made, I'll damn near kiss your ass. <laughs> there, there's a band that I love. Um, well, I mean, the rest of their material isn't all that great, but The Lost Prophets, they made an album 
that is completely supported by. Uh, no, by I, yeah, I know where they are. Yeah, I listen to The entire album is all supported by orchestration. The whole album is amazing. And if you go listen to like their other albums, you won't enjoy them as much. But this <laughs> one album, you, you cannot not like it. It's just like, oh man, like it's so easy to get into because it's just that powerful. And it has so much dynamic and really just powerful movements of like how the music is presented. More traditional pop music and simpler versions of these things, they are not so dynamic. They're not so fluent. Uh, they're a lot simpler in their approach. You know, it's just sort of beds of chords. Um, and then you've got these, these orchestral pieces, which are way more like um, when you have an arranged piece of rock and roll, which you hear that less and less and less on the radio now. Yeah. Because most of these bands aren't actually bands. You know, one of the reasons why Twisted Sister was such an interesting, uh, so many of their songs were interesting in their arrangement is because they're a legit band and they would be sitting in the studio coming up with interesting ways to musically bring that song to a conclusion or transition into the other place. These other bands that are coming up these days, they don't even know how to do that. <laughs> oh, they, God. They are you kidding not... me? You sit there and you listen to, like, fucking... Oh, God. Uh, the worst. The absolute worst. And, and uh, this is funny. This is very funny. Uh, Muddle of Pud, because I don't want to use it like an actual name. Um, they, still haven't, they still haven't apologized to Nirvana, you <laughs> cocksuckers. <laughs> fucking apologize! They didn't have that coming. <laughs> that was that was the most god awful thing I've oh ever. Oh my gosh, my was that life. so fucking bad? Like oh. I Post Malone killed it. Post Malone did a great job. Post Malone did a great job. So anyway, uh, the lead singer of uh, Puddle, uh, Metal of Pud um, goes to one of our towns around us called uh, Streeter, and the guy uh, dresses like incognito, like like really kind of does himself glasses, hat pulled down. You know, yeah. a scarf and everything. Like somebody's gonna go, oh hey, that's a guy from Little of Pot. You know, <laughs> and it shows him like uh, giving an autograph to like a five-year-old or something like that. You know, like like who the fuck that like? Okay, somebody. There's a photographer off to the side and said, hey, that's the lead singer of this douchebag band who sings through his nose. And um, uh, so could you get your kid over here and have him do a a signing? Do you, yeah. remember, do you remember when Saliva came to town? Oh, oh that was fantastic. Fuck. That guy was so fucking I love jammed. Saliva. I do too. Those guys, those guys are some of the sweet. You're, you're, it's so funny to hear Puddle of Mud and then Saliva. Puddle of the Mud, I mean. I Muddle really of Pud. Muddle of Pud, Jesse. Muddle of Pud. So, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, to ask whether or not you've actually ever met him. I don't think anybody's ever met him. He's been his representative. <laughs> His representative is who is taking the meetings for him. But Saliva, those guys are some of the sweetest, most wonderful guys. I'm not saying they're not. <laughs> no. I'm not saying they're not nice. <laughs> Jesse, so this sweet. is not. This has no attack upon their personalities. I'm sure they all love their mothers. They <laughs> save puppies from fires. I'm, I'm sure they do. But then they, they collaborate with Nickelback on a Spider-Man fucking thing. <laughs> oh God! I didn't do anything wrong, and I didn't deserve to hear that. All right, back to good music. <laughs> that, that you know, you got the, the, the songs that tell a story. I like. Right. Have you ever heard of a band called the Airborne Toxic Event? Yes. Yeah, yeah, I fantastic. Know. I love them. They're not. They're not even like known. It's weird. Which I yeah, I love not, every album of theirs. Every album of theirs is just fantastic. From well, just because you're good doesn't mean you should be famous. Yeah, uh, I, to, I like them. Like, like sing through your nose. 
Sing through your nose and be a douchebag. <laughs> good and famous, that does not... I'm good. You're good. You know? You're great. It's really You're fantastic. Of, In fact, what we need to do is we need to listen to uh, another one of your uh, songs here. Uh, give me just a second. Four, oh, two, four. There it is. And because it, 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 it's Good upside job. down, yeah, because that's where the speaker is. Oh, okay. Okay, so uh, you know what? I'm gonna play uh, my, my other favorite song off this album. Um, and thank you very much. Uh, this is fucking awesome. Here okay. we go. I'm excited to see what it is. Listen to that. Yes, this is my send up to fake no more. Because I'm a metal guy. <laughs> you gotta see Jesse here. Oh, this is awesome. <laughs> Just like with the fucking hair around, you gotta see. You got the Wolfgang von hesitation in the middle and then 
like metal heaven right now, man. I'm fucking just chilling. Sweet. Ah! Nice. May I say that I I feel that that is the most badass line that I've ever written in my history because it would not have been badass if not for the context. This is perfect context. Pay for what we break, give more than we take. Nice. Right. Now, to say those to say those two things and mean it from a position of power. Right. To go I will I will fix anything I break and you will be glad I was here. <laughs> you know, like, Motley, nice. Motley Crue never did that. Guess, that really no, <laughs> no, no, they did not. No, they took a lot. They, uh, no, Motley Crue did not do that. <laughs> no, that, that was that's, awesome. How bad is your voice hurt after a set? You, you know what? I, I just watched. I just watched. I just watched you. Uh, you just posted it the other day. It was you and uh, Sebastian Bach's son, and who was the other lead singer? Oh, uh, my friend uh, Walter uh, Figaro, who's. Um, I don't know if they're still together, but uh, there was a band that they had called Fall of Silence, and he was the, the lead singer. They used to back me up, um, like their band, instead of me going out with a band, at the time I was like in between bands, and they would be my backing band, and Walter, who was their lead singer, he'd play rhythm guitar, he'd sing backup vocals for me, because he's just such a cool guy. Right. So we'd always... Yeah, they, uh, they did Highway to Hell, and it was, uh, it was yeah, killer. Yeah, so at the end of the show, I'd always do Highway to Hell, and him and I would split verses. Not big on the song, because I'm kind of a big. Christian, but, 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 but yeah, <laughs> but really great, like tore it up, yeah. Yeah, we used to do that one a lot. It's funny, you know, cover songs has never, have never really been my, you know, I'm a songwriter, so and, and I, I believe I'm good at that, so whenever it's like, do a cover song. I'm like, have you heard my songs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> it's like when I when I talk to people about like I have a podcast. Yeah. Have you heard of Joe Rogan? <laughs> no, no. Who the fuck is Joe Rogan? <laughs> have you heard of me? Try listening to my fucking show, you cocksucker. Yeah. No, it's uh, it's exactly like that. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, exactly. Play, play Highway to Hell. <laughs> hey, hey, go fuck yourself. Oh, yeah, we're not a cover band. We're not a cover yeah. band. I, I, I write my own shit. No, 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 no requests. Turns out, uh, uh, I, I'm pretty good on my own. <laughs> Fucking bricks. It's funny. Who, <laughs> well, I try. You who know? can scream louder, you or your old man? Um, You know what? Hmm. I think I got a beat at this stage of the game. Do you? Um. It's just a matter of his high end is there. Yeah. He's so great. Oh, yeah. Um, just the lower end of his voice is not as thick. So, I mean, if we're going to see who can fill up more bars on the loudness machine, <laughs> I might be able to take him with the lower end. Yeah. Because well, largely... In, 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 largely these defense, in these defense... Yeah. Um, it's 30, uh, plus years later. <laughs> Hell yeah. In, in, his, in his defense, his voice is held up so much better than all of his peers. Oh, I mean, yeah. Robert oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Robert, I, I tell you what, I seen, I seen, um, Warren like three times before Jenny Lane died and he mm -hmm. couldn't do any of the ballads. Couldn't do a single fucking ballad. 
My dad could sing every tune Twisted ever did in the original key. Freaking Gangbusters, you know, has really not lost a step yeah. in. I mean, Jan, uh, Janie couldn't yeah. even do uh, couldn't do uh, Uncle Tom's Cabin, which is the the fucking premier uh, yeah. song that those guys fucking sing. It's just if you go back in time, like for like earlier D. Snyder material, he sounds more like me. Um, only just because I still have, uh, I mean, I have a very, very strong connection to my low bass voice, like my Johnny Cash voice, mm -hmm. and I use that a lot um, in singing, speaking. Mine, mine is more crash test so, dummies. One yeah, yeah, but I like girl. that. I, I just like the dynamic. Got into like the, an accident and couldn't go to school. Yeah, like that. That kind of. Yeah. And thought one day he would found a steamer. They made money off that so, song. Uh, so on that front, I think maybe maybe I got a little something on it. But it's funny because um, like we got the best sounding D Snyder on this uh, this track we did called "Fight to the Death," which was a promotional song I did for this comic book that I've been working on for a long time. And uh, it's my father singing as Odin and me singing as Thor. And I sing all of, like, the high head voice, like, ah! <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. And then he sings very high, uh, but just, like, sort of in mid-range. But what we did was I did as perfect an impression of him as I could do directly underneath him, thickening up his bottom. Oh, no way. <laughs> Basically, returning his 20-something-year-old oh, oh, hold on. Okay. There's this ringtone. And I, and I just went in and thickened him underneath. So I happen to think it's something like the coolest his vocals have sounded in a while. Although he sounds really great on the new record that he put out for The Love of Metal. Um, but at the time, that album hadn't been out. I'd love to promote it as well. I'd love to promote that as well. Because I just, I just like... Tried, tried to just make him look as awesome as humanly possible. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What you're, what you're telling me is you're trying to make D. Snyder uh, look a little more awesome. Exactly. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm not exactly sure how to take that. You're, um, you're a great son. Because uh, he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's pretty fucking cool. Um, so, uh, oh, but. Oh, I mean, he didn't need it. If, you know, if people heard it as it was, they would have liked it too. But um, the thickening of just like going in there and just laying in the a, a deepness to his tone yeah. that he records at now, because yeah. I sound a lot like him. So it was just sort of like adding a little extra. Right. You know, just, I, just, I just twice thickened right. what, he, what he already did. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's so, awesome. Like, that's fucking awesome. Sounds really strong. But it's it's a little bit of a trick. It's both of us singing. You know, I I really fucked up because I just played the last. I, I I played the song that I wanted to finish with and go out with, and I'm an idiot. Uh, what, what what's what's the next song that you want me to uh, that we want us to go uh, that we want to go out with? Oh, I I don't know. I mean, I think "Shut Up" is a good choice. "Help Is Coming" is a good choice. Um, and uh, "Get Smart" is you know my personal favorite. Get smart. Get smart. Uh, that's what it's it is. Hard. It blows my mind, Jesse. Like your voice, like this, compared to like, this is food paradise. You know. Like, <laughs> <laughs>
Buying a Kia is one smart move. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Want more taste? Get America's pizza. I got. I know. Now online. We need to fucking hang, man. I wish we. I, I wish I could come over to your house and just hang out. Uh, or you come so over to my house and have a cigar in the basement with you me. You can find them on Star Maps. Okay, <laughs> Star, star maps. maps. Get your Star Maps. Get your Star Maps here. <laughs> right here is Jesse Blaze Snyder. It's funny too. You made me think of a little, a very short, uh, my worst holiday story. Um, oh, you got uh, all so the time in the world, one brother. Part of tradition here. Hey, we're There's we're we're not on a clock. If you want to talk for four fucking hours, you got all four fucking hours. Just let me go to the well, store and get more beer. Saliva. <laughs> I I was a VJ for MTV Two, and I was hosting um, the Rolling Rock Festival, which was in Pittsburgh or. Philadelphia, and um, I, think I, I was that. on the side of the. I was on the side of the stage. Was at a stadium. It was a huge, huge crowd, and I think I had met Saliva maybe a couple months earlier or something, or maybe I just met them that day. No, you know what? I met them that day. By and the I way, remember being by the way, like, Saliva, really nice guys. They were amazing guys, and they were so sweet to me. It was clear that they had actually been watching MTV Two. And genuinely liked me. <laughs> like, they were like, they were like, hey man, like, like they, they knew who I was, and they were like, thanks so much for being you kind to our You are the nicest guys, but your music is just yeah, sucks. I like saliva. I like, I, I like their music. Good. You like saliva? Yeah. yeah. So I used to talk about them positively, and they saw me a few times saying nice things about them, and they were like, hey man, thank you. So an hour or two pass by and I'm on the side stage. I mean that day I got to interview 311. They ended up becoming one of my favorite bands, you know, as as I'm awesome. Like, yeah, 311 is awesome. So awesome. And it was a, it was a really great day. But Saliva went on and I always loved Saliva, but I had a particular soft spot for that stupid song Click Click Boom. Uh, yeah, that's that's probably one <laughs> of the worst. Click, click, that's probably one of the worst. Yes. Songs. So yeah. they're getting into their encore and I'm on the side of the stage, you know, I'm all made up and in my clothes to be on camera, to be filming with bands and whatnot. And I have nothing to do for this moment. And it's click, click, boom, it's the encore. And I just turn to my producer and I go, can I please just like run and jump into the pit? And like, I'll come right back as soon as the song's over. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, all right, cool. So I had an eyebrow piercing, which I still have. But the, the one that I used to wear, it was a really big spike. And occasionally, it would get hooked on things. <laughs> so, so I go into, like, I, I jump the guardrail and go straight into the middle of the pit during click, click, boom at this stadium, you know, sold-out stadium Rolling Rock Festival. Everybody's wasted, drinking, having a great time. And I am in the middle of the mosh pit during oh, the I most fucking love mosh pit. Fucking love mosh pit, love slamming. And I, at first, I'm like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. What a great job I have. And then it starts to kind of intensify. Were you bleeding? And I'm starting to go, I'm getting really sweaty. My clothes might get ripped. This isn't going very good. <laughs> and then, and then I, I end up bumping into somebody and getting caught on my eyebrow ring, and it like rips down out of my face. Uh, but still there. But now blood is is dripping from oh, my piercing you know what? For, down my eye. 
that's metal. That's fucking metal. You go on, you go on with metal, with blood running down your face like a professional wrestler, and you do that fucking interview. So I'm I'm carried by the mosh pit over to the side of the stage, and I'm stood up flat in front of my producer, bleeding and sweating, and she's just like, ah! That's metal as fuck. That's metal as fuck. That is metal as fuck. And our correspondent the field, Jesse Blaze. <laughs> Fucking right. You can't do this. You can't do this unless you've had that. The only terrible thing about that story is that I have not seen saliva since to be able to tell them. Because they were the ones who I wanted to tell the most. Like, I just, I like, they were so nice to me. I'm like, I gotta get out there. This is my favorite song. I gotta, like, I gotta honor them by enjoying their music while I'm here. And, like, this is the moment to do it. And to have it go so great, but so terribly for the sake of trying to continue to shoot so for you, So you did like the, so, so you went on, you went on with, like, the blood and the, everything going on, or, uh? No, they, they, they cleaned me up. They got me some paper towels. I God was damn it. See, see this is where, this is, see, exactly going back to our original conversation about motherfuckers that don't know fucking metal or don't know comedy. That's where they fucked up. They needed to put you on. <coughs> blood going down your face. Just been in the mosh pit. Metal as fuck. That's where it was. I am so mad now that that was not what happened. No one has suggested that. That is what should have happened. That is exactly what should have happened. That's exactly what should have happened. Talk about angry release and fucking, yeah, and angst and everything else. Blood running down your face. I just got out of the mosh pit. Fucking yeah. That's what should have fucking happened. I'm glad I am glad I brought up the story. Because when you were talking about that before, I'm like, I got a funny story about saliva. <laughs> you know, I'm sure with all your connections, I'm sure if you really wanted to reach out to saliva, you probably could. I could. <laughs> I, and, I'm, and I'm sure they would sweetly get back to you. Yes. Uh, Apparently, they're, they're really very nice guys. They're music they got guys. drunk with everyone at the bar. It was awesome. Like, they were normal people. They yeah, were no, hammered. They are normal people. They are totally normal people, and that is why they are as cool as they are. And I mean, you know, you know, it's they're not the Bob Dylan of heavy metal, but they make <laughs> great music. You know, their music is enjoyable. Yeah. They mean it, and they're consistent. And everyone they make it says love can love save us, but how can that be? Look what love gave us. I for a world of blood spilling oh and love killing. <laughs> I for one miss new metal. I really do miss new metal. Like that was probably my. I grew there's up with great that. new like, metal. My, uh, there's great new metal out there. Um, no, like nu metal, not not new metal. What? Nu nu metal, new metal. It's a genre of like like Limp Bizkit, Corn, shit like that. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, who new did metal. I, who did I hear? Uh, 
today that was uh, pretty cool. It was um, Jesse Blaze. Yeah, Jesse Blaze is awesome. I, like <laughs> I mean, my, my, um, my stuff is totally new metal influenced. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, Rage Against Machines, my favorite band of all time. They're yeah. not a new metal band, um, you know, but uh, so many of the new metal bands wanted to be them. Oh, yeah, um, absolutely. So, I mean, that was really who I was taking my cues from, like, just super hard, hard rhythms. You know, Rage of the Machine is, like, a really good, when we talk about that orchestra music thing. Yes. You know, the reason why the, the Rage music moves the oh, way it Oh, does the levels that those guys played at? Yeah. Fucking amazing. Amazing. You know, yeah, and, and I know I'm metal as fuck, and I'm and going to blow your mind, uh, but I think uh, Gold Dust Woman by Fleetwood Mac is... I love Fleetwood Mac. Probably yeah. one of the best. Lindsey Buckingham is fucking That's amazing. Great. Like, like I, I can listen to Goldust Woman, like the levels, that, and he doesn't grandstand in it. You know, like, like you know, like, uh, like all guitars do. They like to take their big thing and do it, but it, it just, it just blends. Everything he does blends, and it's so fucking phenomenal. It's so orchestrated. It is so, it is so orchestra. It is so classical. And the way that he does it, it's phenomenal. Yeah. The the wise guys know that grandstanding um, is is a backward step. Um, you know, the uh, it, it drives me nuts when I would go to on Broadway and I would go see some Broadway show and there'd be some great vocalist who was singing my favorite song and they destroyed the melody. Yeah. This destroyed the melody. Like you could not tell when I saw Sebastian Bach sing my favorite song in Free Jekyll and Hyde. I could not recognize the song as the song I liked. It was two really? minutes into the song before I went. Because Sebastian Bach oh is probably God, one of my favorite. One, that I like. one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Like just. I love Sebastian. I was so excited to see it. He did a great job. Um, but it, he changed up the melody of this one of this one song, which was my favorite song. And uh, I actually really liked so much of the, the rest of the, the what I saw that night with him. And I think he did do a good job. But it was a perfect example of like one of my favorite vocalists taking one of my favorite songs, but not singing it as it has been written. Right. You know, yeah. And so, like, I sing it. I, I, I sing it with David Hasselhoff. Like, on it was on TV. But he really kind of fucking nailed it. Like, I liked it. David Hasselhoff, he, he wasn't trying to grandstand because he's not a vocalist. Well, he is, but he doesn't well, he consider thinks he himself is. a virtuoso vocalist. Right. You know, Sebastian, I think, is. you know, he, he probably is. felt like he had something he to He is virtuoso. Yeah, he is a virtuoso, and I think he wanted to demonstrate, you know, what he could do. All right. All right, so we're going to go out. I, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to go out on uh, I Need a Knockout no. uh, one more time. Oh, wait, I thought we were going to do Get Smart. Yeah. Oh, oh, Get Smart. Yeah. Can I, can I tell a little story about, about just this? Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, so I, I think I spoke briefly about this, but I mean, a while ago, um, you know, I, I, I grew up as an atheist, and I was that for a long time. I am not. Uh, Mr. Don't make any noise. I'm doing an interview. Um, <laughs> Daddy's, and, uh, Daddy's I, doing an interview, honey. Go, go I, lay down. Um, I know I, I'm in your bed. I know I'm in your bed, honey. Uh, <laughs> but just, just hold on. Daddy will be done soon. So, so, all right, you'll get your princess blanket back soon. <laughs> Daddy's using your princess blanket right now. So, hold Just on. bring her in. We don't care. <laughs> You're not going to bring her in? Are you kidding? 
She's topless right now. My, my four-year-old, my four-year-old is running around half naked. I was like holding a blankie, like, Dad, can I have my room? Dad, Dad, can I have my room? Daddy? So, um, basically, Steve Jobs said that if not for an LSD trip in college, um, he would not have invented Apple computers. And um, when I heard that, I took that very much to heart. But at the time, I did not have a pathway to explore psychedelics and when i was 28 i started smoking weed um medicinally uh basically to help my adhd and when i had such a positive effect from marijuana and i mean majorly positive effect i i realized essentially overnight that i had had anxiety and depression that i've been living with most of my life and i didn't know the difference like i didn't know that i didn't have to feel like I was in a state of anxiety all, all the time. time. That's just how yeah. I lived my life. I have and anxiety all the time. Really, all the time. Oh yeah. Well, weed helped me huge, and I don't know if, if it's been a benefit to you. But when I finally decided to take psilocybin, um, you know, that blew my doors off, and I realized how much I was missing just about the universe and what was going on. And then my whole family, uh, we all became, we all became. Uh, for takers and ayahuasca, and um, and ayahuasca is such an experience. Um, it's you know it's something that really intimidates a lot of people. Um, but for me, it has been nothing but just peace, peace of mind, and growth as a person, as an artist. And every single time I've done it, um, and every single time I've communed with the psychedelic spirits, they've essentially told me the same thing over and over again, which is you got to do what you love. You got to do what you're here to do. You know, you're a musician and you have something to say and you need to go out there and you need to tell everybody what's on your mind because you are the one who we sent to say these things. And, you know, that has been the message to me of it's time to open your mouth and speak to the world about what you know and what you think because the other people are not thinking the same way and they really need to hear from you. And Get Smart was my message to me from Mother Ayahuasca that we all need to get our heads out of our asses, get our egos out of the way, and get our intelligence to another level. Get leveled up to the place where we need to be, the place that we can come from where we will not be able to be manipulated by our governments, we won't be manipulated by our families, we won't be manipulated by our friends, and we can start making the world a better place because we are coming from a place of testicular fortitude. And that is what Get Smart is about. This is me drawing my line in the sand and giving you my testicular fortitude as far as music is concerned. That means you got balls. Everybody, wow. here is Get Smart. I wanted to like, cue the rage. Now testify! This <laughs> rage, listen. I'm, I'm hitting it. There you go. There you go. Oh. No, 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 God damn it. We're not even a little We're bit. We're fucking professionals. We're in our basement. 
in a bath next to a bathroom. Next to the bathroom. In a basement. <laughs>
I love it. I think I think Zach I think Zach would be proud of that one. That that's a good uh, that's, that's a good awesome. song. That's a fucking Thank great homage, man. Yeah, very cool song. Yeah, it's funny. It was the last one that um, that we wrote for the record. Uh, my producer had written it a while back, and then after we had written everything for the record, and he was listening to it, he was like, "I've got this other track that I think might." fit really good on the record and he sent me that track and I was just like this is my favorite track <laughs> <laughs> and I did some really cool songwriting things that I'd never done on on uh, Bandolier the one that we played before which um, is arranged differently than I've ever arranged anything but then Get Smart is another song that is arranged differently than I've ever arranged anything um, it never it never uses the same melody in the musical part twice right it changes right. where the melody lands every single time so the song throughout sounds just kind of constantly a little different yeah it's, it's, it's very artistic it's like like uh, like back in the day when uh, they, when they, they used to have right uh, like uh, rock art. Like there was a band called Gentle Giant, which I know a friend of mine, uh, Gary Green, was in. Uh, like back in the seventies, was a lot like Yes and everything like that. And that guy also played on uh, like the tribute band for. Uh, Didn't Yes sing Day Bow Bow? Was that the band? No, yeah. that was. I know. Was yes? I know what you're talking about. I, yes. I know what you're talking about. No, uh, but they flew him out to England to play on the. Uh, the tribute album for Pink Floyd. <laughs> so anyway, uh, anyway, yeah. But so yeah, like that those alternating uh, uh, rhythms and stuff like that, or non-repeating, non-repeating. Yeah. Like when you do a non-repeating song, it makes it so much more difficult to actually do it because you've got to remember where you are because like everything else in music is a repeating format and it, it, it never stops. Uh, but if you go back and you look in the early 70s, like Yes, or Gentle Giant, or Jethro Tull, and people like that, and you don't have those repeating rhythms, it's so fucking crazy. You have to remember where, where you were, uh, or where you come in every time. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And it was funny to me, too, because, I mean, I've recorded 72 tracks, you know, that you can find out online. I mean, maybe a little bit more now. Uh, and I'm in a Britain, you know, thousands of songs at this point. Um, and, uh, but even within the context of that, it took me that long before I recognized, Hey, wait a second. You know, I don't have to go one, two, three. Exactly. Exactly. One, and that's what makes it, that's what makes it one. so unique and so different is that you didn't do that. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. And it, it's funny. There's there's so many interesting ways that these things can be approached, but it's not even like considered. You know, like it's not like in any of these Atlantic Record A and R meetings, they're sitting there going, "What if we did something interesting with the rhythm?" You know, like that's not happening. <laughs> what if we repeat it every time? How about that? Uh, I know, I know, you're trying to do something a little bit different, but just follow me here. How about if we just repeat it every time? <laughs> follow me here. Follow me here. Repeat it. 
I know I you want to do something original and something uh, uh, out of the box, but we like to be in, in the, the box. box. <laughs> oh my goodness! I love you. So, Jesse, are you gonna be? Are you gonna do a tour or anything like that? Um, you know, I'd love to. I'm not um, thinking too much about that uh, at the moment, just with things being the way they are. Um, I'm um, I'm a little bit more focused on setting up some uh, regional stuff and some like repeating things out here on the East Coast. Uh, I'd really like to get a monthly uh, show going on. That's a little bit more of a mixed art show where you know I'll be playing, but there'll also be artists being featured and a light show and like really interesting stuff. I would just love to like set up somewhere and do something worth that's worth other people traveling to come see it yeah right um and um so and is, like, is your family is your family primarily east coast we used to be um everybody is um is on in la now except for me so i'm just out okay. here on the east coast my babies out here that, that's what i was wondering because i always picture like like everybody like that's in your genre West Coast. I th- yeah, I thought you were in L.A. for some weird reason. Well, because everybody I was, I was in L.A. I just moved back so I could be close to my babies. Okay. There it is. And she lovely. Gotcha. Family first. There you go. All right. So, everybody, we've been talking to Jesse Blaze Snyder. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take you out on uh, uh, my favorite song, that, that uh, K.O. Fucking amazing. Um, but uh, uh, tell ever tell us everything about you, and where we can find you, and everything about you, Jesse. If you liked, um, you know, any things that I had to say, and uh, you suspect that I might I have know. some uh, artistry to offer your mind and your soul, uh, please go to www.blacklightdistrict.co, and there you'll find the six-track EP, Blacklight District. And the six comic books that we produce to go along with them. That is the single greatest thing that I've ever made. It's the only thing that I I believe that I've made so far that is perfect. Uh, it's perfect. Besides and your I children. You to Besides What's your up? children. Besides your children. Oh well, you know, I mean, I, I like to think of children as unique snowflakes as opposed to <laughs> a piece of art that I'm like sculpting to my own personal idea of perfection. Um, and. Uh, you know, but these things really, uh, you know, it, it's the best me. It's the best that I've been able to put out thus far. I mean, my new album is really great. Uh, and it's really cool. But, um, you know, if you want something simple where you can get a little wide breadth of what I love, and I love comic books and I love music, that's the two things combined together. I highly recommend that. Um, everything that I'm working on right now is um, to do an anthology magazine, kind of along the lines of like a heavy metal, but something that's going to teach the craft going to present really high-level comic books, high-level photography and arts and whatnot, and also talk about, um, you know, great movies and films and com- I mean, uh, great films and comic books and uh, toys and stuff that are not mainstream, that nobody's speaking about. Uh, because there's no uh, art lovers uh, in the mainstream who are bringing light to the things that aren't being seen by anybody. And there's so many great independent things out nowadays. So uh, for me right now, I've just been trying to turn the Blacklight District thing into just a hub of my love of the arts, my love of music, my love of comics, my love of film, and to be producing a magazine, which will have a website, and you know, it'll be a more traditional sort of hub for finding the stuff that you love, 
But um, that's everything. So it'll end up being, you'll see me in concert, and it'll all be about all this stuff. But it comes from the Black Life history. It comes from my love of comics and my love of music. And, um, you know, if you want to hear more of my tunes, just type in Jesse Blaze anywhere where digital music is, um, you know, is being played, and you will find... Definitely do that. This guy is fucking phenomenal. He's not pinholed into one genre. This guy is awesome. Everything that I've listened to from him has been fantastic. And uh, believe me when I say this, uh, Jesse Blade Snyder is the real deal. And he's fantastic. And hang out with us uh, after I do my uh, my ending here. And uh, from a room next to my bathroom in my basement. Now, now, fuck that. Uh, you, can, you know what? You know what? You've got your device in your hand. All you have to do is give us a, a, a review and uh, like us on uh, Apple Podcast. It helps us. Uh, it helps us out. It doesn't take you any time at all to do it. Just, just do it. So, from a room next to my bathroom in my basement, this has been my worst holiday. No, no, no. And I'm gonna send it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I'm gonna send us out on this song. Here we go, Jesse Blaze Snyder. <laughs> Hammered. I know I'm drunk. <laughs> Fuck you, you're drunk. I'm not. Jesse's still with us, so I guess we're doing all right. Oh, check out the music video, too, by the way. This video is fucking phenomenal. Go to YouTube. Absolutely. Check it out. It came out great. Listen to everything that Jesse Blake Snyder had to play. It, it, it is phenomenal. It's crazy. He's not been old on any fucking genre. You're going to love it. Listen to them pipes. Come on. Got all of them. I love those guys. Not only is he a great singer, he's a cool human being. Hey, how you doing, buddy? All right, we're going to... Uh... We're gonna stick a fork in this here. No, nope, keep going. Let it go. You killed my cool exit. This is not cool exit. What the fuck? I love this guy. <laughs> I go him up. He like it looks like he's bundled up in his in his uh. In his, in his uh, bed, you know, and he's not, but he's got the, the, the phone over the edge of the bed, and he holds it up, his wife's on his back, like fucking rubbing his back. You're right, goes back to me. <laughs> I'm like, like, what the fuck is going on? He looks like he's bundled up in his covers. Like, are you naked? What the, what the fuck is going on? I'm getting a nice back. And he's like, I, I don't know what's going on. And he's like, he's like raises the phone above him and his wife's on his back, like fucking rubbing his back. That's <laughs> what? Well, you're having a better night than me, man. Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry, I bothered you. you know, I mean. We're going to get, like, uh, lawyers calling us. On Monday, oh, uh, yeah, you weren't allowed to play those songs. It'd be his lawyers. <laughs> They're his lawyers. <laughs> I am not.
Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. And uh, from Mark's basement. From Rubble Room next to my bathroom in my basement, this has been my worst holiday. Oh, we are a fourth hand Realm of the Mist podcast production. And eat Tide Pods. Eat Tide Pods. Good night. There you go. <laughs>